Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Bono, Paul Houston, 62 years of age today. It is 136 in Edmonton. Game 5, the Edmonton Oilers and the Los Angeles Kings will have the City Ford Faceoff show beginning at uh, 6 o'clock with uh, Reed Wilkins, myself, Rob Brown, Cam Moon, Jack Michaels. The uh, Oilers Radio Network, Brendan Escott, will help us out during the intermissions. Uh, we will tell you that uh, guests on the show uh, get gift certificates to Royal Pizza, Royal Pizza. Pizza Pass and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. For a menu and a list of their 15 Edmonton area locations, go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Stoffer recommendation is the Mediterranean chicken. Also, our headliner today is Daryl Evans. He is the Oilers Now headliner, which is brought to you daily by Wilhock Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. And we're going to head off to the River Creek Resort Casino Hotline and Daryl Evans. He of L.A. Kings Lore will join us on Oilers Now. Hi, Daryl. How you doing? I'm great, Bob. How you doing today? Good. Does it ever get tiring talking about your infamous goal and the uh, impact that you had in the conclusion of the Miracle of Manchester? No, never. You know, and at this time of the year, it's always a special time when it's playoff hockey. Uh, you know, it's, it's just great. The energy that's in the buildings, uh, and you just see everybody take their game to a different level. So, uh, you know, it's always nice to help people remember, uh, you know, that not only that goal for me, but the moment for our franchise at that time. It was uh, a pretty special time as we were only 15 years old as a franchise. Yeah, the Oilers uh, were in their relative infancy, just three years in the league at that stage. Uh, just, I mean, Tell us the truth. When Edmonton was up 5 nothing in Game 3 in Los Angeles, and the Kings got a couple quick ones there, did you guys bring it up on your broadcast? Could we have another opportunity here for a miracle in Manchester? You know, it. Uh, I think we are one goal away from getting into a little bit more of a conversation. Uh, you know, with the power play at the end of that period, I think that might have made it a little bit more interesting. I think, uh, you know, going into the intermission, the Oilers were able to regather themselves, uh, get their composure back, and, and you know, re- retook uh, charge of the game. But uh, had they got another quick one there at the end of the second or either that first uh, shift of the third period, uh, I think we would have been definitely gotten a little bit more involved in uh, the Miracle on Manchester conversation. Longtime Kings radio analyst Daryl Evans joining us. Bob Stoffer with you in Oilers now. Daryl scored the GWG in OT when the Kings rallied from 5 nothing down back in 1982. Uh, the Kings ended up winning that series in, in five games. People forget Edmonton actually won game four in L.A., 3-2. And then you guys came up here. I was at game five, and uh, you, you jumped them early and uh, stunned them. Uh, was there – I mean, they finished way ahead of you in the regular season. At what point did you guys start to believe during – was it in game one when you won the, the 10-8 game, or uh, or was, was it the 6-5 game and the, the ability that you showed to come back at any time? Well, you know, they uh, yeah they squeaked us out there during the regular season. You know, they just happened to finish a couple of points ahead of us, forty six to be exact. Uh, we were we were knocking on the door. They felt us coming on our heels. If that season would have been another week or two longer, we may have caught them for top spot. But uh, no, it uh, you know I think winning that first game was 
you know, especially in the fashion. Again, we had a battle from behind in that game. I think we were down 4-1 in the first period. So, you know, you feel really good about yourself winning the first game, being that it's on the road. But I don't think there was, you know, at any point yet, uh, you know, it was way too early uh, knowing what we were up against in the Oilers, the firepower they had, the personnel that they had on that team. And, you know, the other night, uh, you know, the next night after that, even though it was a close game, you know, the Oilers found a way to prevail. And, you know, everybody thought they were in charge of the series. And it sure looked like that, especially after two periods in uh, in game three in L.A. where they built the 5 nothing lead. So um, I think, you know, in that third period, after we got the two quick goals, you know, the, the goal was to go out there and win that period, you know, to make it a little bit more respectful, uh, give our fans something to cheer about that, uh, you know, they'd been waiting, you know, through the first two games of the series for us to come home. And we kind of laid an egg when we got there. But uh, the ones that hung around, uh, they got treated to something real special. And, you know, I think after that game, you know, now in a short series when you're up two games to one, uh, you, you feel pretty good about it. And, uh, you know, you don't take anything for granted, but, you know, the, all the pressure was upon Edmonton. And uh, we just found a way to play, you know, play relaxed and take advantage of some opportunities that came our way. We're joined by Daryl Evans. All right, Daryl, let's switch focus to the here and now. This series is tied 2-2. Two, uh, two to two. It's been a strange series. For me, I mean, the Oilers with a pair of six-goal victories in L.A. infinitely. I, I know what the advanced analytics basically said. The two teams were even in, you know, scoring chances. I didn't see that. I mean, I thought L.A. was infinitely better than Edmonton on uh, Sunday night. How would you assess what we've seen so far? Yeah, I think we've seen a little bit of a roller coaster. Um I expected to see a tight series. I didn't expect it to see, you know, the big scores that Edmonton put up. But again, when you look at the, you know, the firepower and the personnel they have led by, you know, McDavid and Dreisaitl and the supporting cast that they have with guys like Evander Kane and, you know, Hyman and uh, Nugent Hopkins, I mean, there, there's a lot of firepower there. So, uh, you know, the way for the way for the Kings to, you know, find a way to succeed is going to have to be through a game like they played the other night in L.A. It's going to have to be a tight checking game. Uh, you know, they check to win, and when, when they do that, they give themselves a fair chance. Uh, you know, playing in a run-and-gun style, even though the Kings are a faster team than they've been in the last few years, they put up a little bit more offense. Uh, they still don't, you know, match the, you know, three-and-a-half, four goals a game offensively that, you know, teams like Edmonton are capable of putting up and, you know, the Colorados, the Floridas, and things like that. So uh, they have to check to win, and if they do that, stay out of the penalty box, uh, they'll give themselves a fair shake. But, uh, you know, I think at the end of the day, uh, I think they'd be, you know, quite pleased with where they're at uh you know they've learned from the mistakes that they've made and uh now it's a matter of the you know the the, the fine adjustments that both teams make uh, going into now game five tonight in edmonton daryl if i told you uh that the kings wouldn't have uh drew Doughty for half the season uh, with the wrist surgery and didn't have uh victor Edvardson, who played on a great line with deno and more during the course of the year you know it's it's kind I mean, those are two, and I know Sean Walker, but I think Walker's been kind of replaced a bit here, at least uh, with, with, you know, Jersey and Spence taking a step forward here during the course of the season. I mean, it's kind of remarkable what they've done. Was it, was it a surprise that they made the playoffs this year, in your opinion? Um, I think, you know, at the beginning, I remember the initial contacts I had going on NHL radio, and, you know, I thought that the, teams, the Kings would be a team that they would contend for a playoff spot. I thought that, you know, if they get 86, 88 points and they fall a little bit short, so be it. You know, credit to the other teams that uh, were able to, you know, uh, achieve more points. Um, I thought that, you know, that would have probably, you know, spelled a successful year for them, that it was, you know, steps in the right direction. And then when the injuries come about, you know, losing Dowdy and, you know, Endler and Walker right off the bat, arguably, you know, three of their top four defensemen right from the get-go and for an extended period of time, 
uh, things looked a little on the bleak side. And, you know, they continue to get bleak as the injuries continue to keep going through the course of the year. Uh, you know, it's it's no excuse, but, um, you know, Kings also, you know, as a franchise, were unaware of, you know, maybe some of the guys that they had, you know, coming up, guys like Dursey, guys like Spence, uh, that were able to come in and uh, not only play, but to be able to contribute, uh, you know, even over our back on the blue line. So uh, I think a little bit of a surprise with the personnel that they had, but I think what you have to do, and you guys are, you know, very familiar with them, Todd McClellan, you have to give him a lot of credit along with his coaching staff that they put together, you know, a system and a style of hockey that everybody could buy into and find a way to succeed and be because of that with that structure uh you know the team give themselves a chance they you know they went through a couple of stretches there you know and, and uh, coming down the home stretch and you know they look real great sometimes in a couple of games the wheels fell off but it's their ability to be able to get right back on the horse and and get in there so uh it's uh, it's nice to see you know the, the steps that the organization has taken and i think there's a lot of promise moving forward regardless of what happens in the series here between these two teams does it reinforce the importance of championship pedigree with guys like uh, Kopitar and Quinn, and maybe with all due respect to a lesser extent, uh, Dustin Brown? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, the presence of those guys, you know, Drew Doughty, even though not in the lineup, he's been traveling with the team. He's at the rink all the time. And, you know, for these young guys to, you know, be able to engage in conversation with these guys, talk about the experiences that they went through and, you know, maybe a question or two that pops up, you know, how was it, how does this compare to that? And uh, it's, you know, it's worth its weight in gold. And, uh, you know, it's just, you know, very similar. You know, when you look at Edmonton, why did they bring a guy like Duncan Keith on board? It's his ability, his knowledge of how to win, uh, to be able to, you know, transfer that to the guys that he's stepping on the ice with. Uh, you look at the impact he's had on Bouchard's game. Uh, you know, he, he, you cannot you cannot uh, measure that stuff that they bring. It's you know those little intangibles, whether it's in the locker room, even if it's out having dinner some nights on the road. Uh, just the way young guys look upon those guys, and they kind of put them up on a pedestal, and you give them uh, you know something uh, you know to follow. They they mentor these young kids, so these guys are worth their weight in gold. And the Kings are fortunate enough to have you know a, a group of four guys that not only have have been there, but they've been there collectively as a group. And uh, I think that also uh, speaks volumes in itself. Philip Deneau, huge signing. Agreed. Oh, yeah. It uh, you know when you look at that that deal that was made, uh, bringing Deneau and then Arvidsson uh, and then Edler, uh, it added to um, you know a, a, a core of players that was you know maybe starting to age a little bit, and you bring these guys in in the you know in, uh, in Deneau and Arvidsson in the prime of their career. Deneau's just been an incredible signing. Uh, you know I think we've all watched him uh, you know from the other side and you know the role that he played in Montreal's ability to be able to you know shut down and defend and. Um, you know, I don't know if anybody ever expected that there was this much offense in his game, but the tenacity that he and his line mates play with, uh, it's, it's been a blessing for the Kings. Uh, you know, the depth that they now have up the middle of the ice uh, is made it a little bit easier on Kopitar. And I, if, if not for Deneau and uh, the impact that he's had not only on his line, line mates and his, his teammates, I'm not sure whether or not the Kings would have been a playoff team this year without, without his uh, performance and presence uh, both on and off the ice. All right, and of all the young guys in the uh, Kings organization, uh, I, I got time for Velarde. I know he's had an up-and-down year. Rasmus Kapari, Kaliev, uh, Byfield. Uh, they've got uh, Brent Clark and Alex Turcott coming. Um, who do you like the most? Well, that, you know, that, that's a tough one. Uh, and the reason I say that, I look at the evolution of a guy like Adrian Kempe, and I really liked him, you know, when the Kings first acquired him. 
Um, I thought he was going to be a really good player. I liked, you know, the speed that he had, the elements that he had. It's taken a while for those, you know, those things to come to the forefront. Hopefully it's not going to be as long a period with the other guys. But I think when you look at, you know, the guys you just mentioned, you know, Clark on defense, I think he's one that's going to have a huge impact. A guy that can quarterback their power play in the years to come, you know, be it, you know, it might not be next year. It might be, you know, two or three years down the road, but uh, I think he's going to be a real good one. Velarde, you know, he, He's showing, you know, spurts. I think Kapari has taken his game to another level. Uh, I think these guys have to understand, and that's why playing games at this time of the year, even though they've been playing playoff hockey for the last, you know, let's say two, two and a half months, when you're actually in there on the dance floor, you walk into a building like Edmonton with the energy that's going on in there. Now, all of a sudden, you know, now you get the, the nerves are going a little bit. You, you know, you get that anxiety going, and this is what you have to experience. I think this is, how, you know, what makes you grow as a young guy, and I think it'll pay dividends, uh, you know, down the road. Uh, Byfield has got a long way to go. Um, you know, he, again, inconsistency, shows some spurts. He's a big guy, great vision. Uh, but, you know, he's got to get stronger. And playing in games like this, you know, he realizes the competitiveness, how tough it is, uh, you know, even smaller stature guys going up against those guys, uh, you know, getting out muscled for pucks. These are the things that you learn day to day. But, um, you know, the Kings will probably have some decisions to make, whether it's, the, you know, the upcoming season or the year after that. Uh, you know, I'm not sure whether or not all the guys that we mentioned, those seven or eight guys, are all going to be members of the Kings. Uh, they might have to move one or two to acquire a piece that they're looking for. But I think potentially we're going to see, you know, all these guys find a way to get into the NHL and, and some will, uh, some will find a way to, you know, to uh, be, you know, maybe more uh, contribution offensively. But I think uh, because of the way that, you know, the Kings are developing their guys and it's, you know, a lot of the other teams as well, these guys are going to be good 200 foot players. And uh, I don't know if there's any superstars in the group, but uh, I definitely think there's going to be some great night to night NHL players. Daryl, great stuff. Thanks for joining us in Oilers Now. All right, Bob, have a great afternoon. We'll see you in a couple hours. You bet. It is 149 in Edmonton. When we come back, the Oilers Now prospect report for Scott Arthur Miller work and this day in Oilers history for New West Travel. You're listening to Oilers Now. The vehicle pipeline is moving, and our friends at Brentridge Ford at 152 in Edmonton uh, have a few units in stock. More on the way. Check with Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang to see if they've got the right vehicle for you. If not, they can still order one of the exact specifications that you're looking for, but hurry because the order bank's getting full. If you want to be treated fairly when you buy a vehicle and get outstanding service, call a team at Brentridge Ford. 1-877-FORD. That's 1-877-477-3673. Brentridge Ford. Ford is your Ford truck authority on the Auto Mile Inn with Hasquin. To the Oilers Now Prospect Report brought to you by Scott Arthur Millwork. Custom cabinetry, luxury closets, exceptional millwork. Visit scottarthurmillwork.com today. Here's Brendan Escott. Dylan Holloway factoring into the first two playoff games for uh, Bakersfield and assist. And uh, that was against Abbotsford in the first round. No Carter Savoy, no Noah Philp. Xavier Borgo, he's tearing it up. And on an eight-game point streak, that goes back to the regular season now. 23 points. He had seven points in an opening round sweep. Uh, goal and an assist in the decisive 3-2 overtime win. Matt Bay Petroff, goal and an assist in his first uh, two games with North Bay. Second round matchup against Kingston. To the Oilers, 
This day in Oilers history for New West Travel. It's great seeing everybody from New West Travel down in Los Angeles. And if the Oilers do advance on a game two, New West Travel will have another trip ready to roll. Going back to 2006, I remember it well. Here is Brendan Escott. A two-point night from Rafi Torres before Sean Horkoff scored at 224 of the third overtime. It gave the Oilers a 3-2 win over the Sharks. Cut San Jose's second-round series lead to two games to one. Yaroslav Spachek and Chris Pronger each playing over 46 minutes in that one. Oilers lost the first two games 2-1. They were down. They were in the box the entire first period. Rallied uh, before uh, the Oilers ended up getting the game winner from Sean Horkoff. All right, here's the deal tonight. Game 5, Oilers and the LA Kings live at Rogers Place, 8 p.m. Puck Drop City Forward Face-Off Show will begin at 6. It'll follow the uh, 6 p.m. news at that time. Until then, in the meantime and in between time. Up next, the Global News Weather Traffic Update with Eileen Bell, followed by Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3. Then the 6.30 chat afternoons with Jay Lynn Nye. We will remind you, uh, Brendan Escott will be hosting Oilers now tomorrow. Guests will include Brian Lawton from the NHL Network for Acadian Custom-Built Homes, David Staples from the Cult of Hockey, and NHL Insider John Shannon back at you at 6.35. Reed Wilkins will drop the puck on the face-off show at 6.05. So long till then. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad.